going on, everybody? Welcome to the Unapologetically 90s Podcast. I'm Matt Sullivan, joined by my co-host, Christian Glaum. What's up, everybody? Each week, we're going to dust off one of our old CDs and cassettes and dedicate an episode to it. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody. Unapologetically 90s Podcast, Episode 6. Today we're going to do the Slim Shady LP by Eminem. Um, remember when My Name Is dropped as a single, it just spread through the hallways in high school like wildfire. It was like almost seemingly overnight. Everybody was walking through the halls with the, hi, my name is. And, um, you know, once I heard about it at the time, it was a very controversial album. So naturally my 15-year-old brain needed to have it. I had to have my hands on it. And... I get he really blew up at the perfect time. Like hip hop, hip hop was entering its golden age. Um, my buddy was up on Eminem that I grew up with in Cherry Hill. He um, he had me listening to the Infinite EP before this album dropped, and at the time I had no idea how big the album would get. Um, you know, now it's it's a it's a staple in just about any hip hop fan's repertoire. Hit that pen. <laughs> yeah, don't mind me. <laughs> well, I guess you're ready to get into the track by track rundown, aren't you? I think so. All right. Well, first track's the PSA. Uh, I just I, I I thought that was cool for what it turned into. You know, like yeah. it's just it's funny. It's just kind of like, you know looking back like, how feel, how it unfolded. I feel similar about this podcast. The express the the views expressed here are f- totally fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the first, the first real song, next track, my name is. Um, my boy played this for me like, probably like a month before it blew up. It was the, um, it was the second single off the uh, CD. But it was the was fir- that the, was that the second one? Because it was the first one that I know I heard. I had never heard of Eminem before. The the first single was uh, just don't give a fuck. Was it? Yeah. Oh. And it was, I think it was like three or four months before my name is dropped. I did and not know that. Yeah, it just. I guess just don't give a fuck and really gain any traction. Hmm. But, um... Yeah, yeah I would say, because this is the one that just, like, went fucking rampant, like, yeah. real fast. It, January 25th, 1999. It was released as a single. And... All right. Probably by February 1st, everybody was walking around the hallways with white t-shirts and bleach blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh... That's what I remember from, from this, too. That's why I have in my notes here that everyone was fucking blonde as soon as this came out real fast. You know you have a good song when, like, a three-year-old enjoys it? Yeah. And I'll get in the car with my daughter, and she loves the hook. She'll just sit in the back seat and just, you know, Hi, my name is... Yeah. So, she fucking jams to it. I'm sure she's already, she's already repeating any of the curse words anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't know Eminem was white too and I, when I first heard this um, I found out afterwards when I saw like the CD you couldn't thing. tell by the, by his voice no I didn't know I didn't, no. think, I didn't know he was white that's a that's an interesting one yeah um, I like the reference to crisscross in here and it says closer backwards like crisscross <laughs> well the, the beat in this song it's it's gone down in history kind of like as a classic Dre beat I picked up the guitar and started playing this when yeah, we were did. sitting here listening to this yeah, he, we're, we're listening, and he just gets up out of nowhere and picks up the acoustic and starts doing it. Bennett, Bennett. Yeah, I did this, and then what was it? Role model. Yeah, 
All right, well, let's go on to uh, Guilty Conscience. It's a you know classic devil angel on your shoulder song. Yeah. And then I was doing some half-ass reading over here, and they they got the inspiration from the song from um, Animal House. Uh-huh. Remember that scene where there's the angel and the devil on um, Jim Belushi or John Belushi's shoulders? Yeah. So that's how they um, they came up with like the concept of this song. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it's funny he's talking talking shit to Dre. He's like, you know what? I don't like your attitude. Yeah. You want to take advice from somebody who slapped... Uh, Sla- D- uh, yeah, I was going to say I had to slap D. Barnes is what I was going to say. So I thought of it as soon as you were talking about this. <laughs> it, he went hard on him, man. He went fucking hard on yeah, Dre. Yeah, he did. The, the situations that they, they portray, you know, with the narrator, some of them are like totally far-fetched, but... It made me think of, like, Unsolved Mysteries kind of feel, like, that part, like, something like that. You know what I mean? When they're talking about Grady construction worker, Grady's wife's getting pounded out yeah. in the background. I remember the video for this, though. Um, like, MTV, it was when MTV was still big, because did this come out in 97, 98? 99, this? this came out. 99, yeah, I was going to say, so it was the tail end of the 90s, so I knew it was somewhere later. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, MTV was still doing its thing, though. Like, it, it, it was still prominent. This is also when I think, uh, like the teen mom and started, uh, yeah, I say it was, it was definitely all the time. It was starting to trend the other way, but it was still a big thing that everybody still paid attention to, you know. I, I was a uh, TRL watch watcher it, pretty regularly, yeah, that's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, they were still relevant in that, uh, regard. All right, let's go on to a uh, brain damage, dude. It, it sounds like a comic book, like the violence that he's talking about. Yeah, you could picture it in like, you know, like colored pencil drawing. Yeah, I, I have that. It's like a skit, so you know, I yeah. can feel you. It's like definitely a story. I just like the way he, um, like he changes the inflection of his of his voice to differentiate between the bully and him and the principal. Like he he ends up. Like making a character just out of his voices. And I like how he really goes there with some of the rhymes, like saying, I already gave you my lunch money, what more do you want from me? And like, you took my orange juice, you know? Yeah. Like, he really goes into the character and the things that he says. You know, um, he's talking about D'Angelo Bailey, was his bully in high school or grade school or something for real. Yeah. And um, some of it is loosely based off of true story. And I was reading. Um, D'Angelo Bailey ended up suing him. I for remember hearing defamation about that. Yeah, um, you know, it, it probably never made its way to court. They probably just settled. But uh, it's funny, like one little song, you know, a song about him getting bullied and the other guys all better trying to shape act like about. the victim. Yeah. yeah, like come on, man, fuck off, bro. Yeah, and he's like, don't sue us. He's like, uh. My brain fell out of my head on on the carpet or whatever. It is. What are you on drugs? Look at you. You're getting blood all over my rug. Yeah. Like some of it, like as a teenager, like just listening to it, it was just it was so far out there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Look, next track is a skit with Paul Rosenberg. Oh, uh, the voicemail. Yeah. He. Uh, I'm sure that guy gets good money on retainer. Just for having to be Eminem's lawyer. I'm sure. I'm, could you imagine being M- Eminem's fucking lawyer? I don't think he'd ever be sure to work. No, that's maybe not now. Oh, but, yeah, it's true. Yeah. He's mellowed out, but goddamn, back when he was fucking big, there yeah. was like always something going on with him. He was just always in the spotlight. <laughs> All right, next track is "If I Had." Uh, there's one line that always stuck out to me in this song, 
And it's, he's t I'm tired of drowning in my sorrows. I'm tired of having to borrow a dollar for gas to start my Monte Carlo. Yeah. I had a Monte Carlo. And there were times, you know, like, fuck, I got no gas money. And so ju just for that simple fact of the, the Monte Carlo, it always hit me. That, that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Um, this one like, I have that it was um, I remember when we started listening to here like um, you know I haven't, I haven't listened to this one in a while and um, it, immediately I'm like man this has such an R&B 90s kind of feel like so hard and then by like the middle of it there's like a a female like R&B singer yeah. comes in singing so it was like I was like oh yeah see I was like I knew that's where it was going you know but it's just it's like got a mellow and heavy kind of vibe to it some of the lyrics like his the way he paints the picture it's it's almost like the same struggle that was portrayed in eight mile yeah you yeah. know like living in a trailer park i had got no money i can't afford diapers for my daughter you know all that stuff yeah um, that's that's a good connection there i guess you know it, they dive back into lyrics to write a script for a movie and i'm sure this one had some type of bearing on it oh yeah yeah i mean it's, it's the story you know like this is just a version of the same story so all right let's go into a uh, 97 bonnie and clyde this <laughs> such a dark song this shit's fucked up it's i wrote so in my notes shit is fucked uh, in more of my half-assed uh research i was reading he had to eminem had to sneak his daughter Haley to the studio to record you know her baby vocals yeah and he, he was telling his wife kim at the time uh like they were just going to the park or whatever because he didn't want her that kim to know that he was using the daughter to re record vocals for a song about killing her yeah <laughs> like, yeah i can i can understand how, like that's an uh, ultimate sneak around right there yeah that, that is true <laughs> but you know just the way he you know uses like the baby talk uh -huh. and rhymes with it like it's it's brilliant uh, it yeah really it's like I, his wordplay and yeah, like he, he ma somehow he makes it not cheesy. Like it's kind of like a hard thing to do, and he really pulled it off. You know, like but it's dark, like a boo boo on her throat. You know, uh, like what? don't pay, like pay no attention to the boo boo on mommy's throat. Or yeah, he's like I got to I had to put her on timeout. Yeah, it's. I wonder what type of headspace he had to be in while he was just writing the lyrics for this song. Yeah, I guess when shit he... is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked. That's a good note. Shit is fucked. That's what I wrote. <laughs> All right. Next is another skit called Bitch. And this is your modern day Karen phone call. And that's all I got on this one. Yeah, I was just, I put quick voicemail. Like there was yeah. a voicemail earlier. It's just another quick voicemail skit. Let's move on to Role Model. The beat is so good on this song. Just oh, yeah. This is what, when I said I picked up the guitar. You know, um, I immediately learned this when it came out, you know, but I was one of the ones when, when I picked up the guitar today when we listened to this that I played. It's the the lyrics in this, like, he, he doesn't hold anything back. He puts everybody on blast. Uh, Bill Bill and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. OJ, Garth Brooks. He has, like, the, the OJ reference, the Jerry Springer reference, Sonny Bono hitting the trees. Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, Beat up Foghorn. <laughs> Even has sh fucking shoots shits on Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, what did Foghorn Leghorn do to anybody? I don't know. Those are, those are the ones that stuck out to me. You know that's considered like a racist cartoon now? Is it? Foghorn Leghorn. Wow. Yeah. It's a... I guess it's stereotyping. Yes. Um, it's on HBO Max, Looney Tunes. Uh-huh. So I had Little Man watching it, and 
there's so much cut out. Like Speedy Gonzales is no more. Oh yeah, I heard. <laughs> it's all just it's really like Bugs and Daffy, and that's it. It's just an innocent cartoon, though. I don't know. Like I'm. It's cartoon violence. Like the lyrics in this whole damn album. I'll say, like as as a kid though, growing up on it, you know, like I don't see. I don't know. I guess. I you know like um. Part of like this album in general, in particular. I mean, um, you know, like there was so much attack on it for the subject matter in yeah, the album. Yeah, it is pretty brutal. It's yeah, it's very brutal. But I mean, if you're taking it seriously, you know, like it's not meant to be taken seriously. Yeah, like if you don't like it, just don't listen to it's it. It's the same thing as like the cartoon violence in Looney Tunes. With that's that's what I'm saying. Like if you don't like it, then don't don't yeah. have your kids watch it but like I grew up on it and like I personally don't think it's that that big of a deal like you know but I, I don't know but alright another skit the lounge skit they just sound like white guy wasted yeah it's just like a, they're in a lounge I picture for this scene or like a party like a house party or some shit you know yeah and that leads into the next track which is my fault it sounds funny as fuck <clears throat> it's kind of a skip song for me and yeah but by the by the end of it it is for me when he's just doing all the screaming like I can jam for this one for like a good two minutes and then I'm over it yeah it, the the storytelling he uses in his lyrics it, it sounds like a like Hunter S. Thompson like a fear and loathing in Las Vegas yeah scene, like a scene in fear and loathing you know like this is backcountry yeah I, I said in my nose it sounds like a Quentin Tarantino yeah kind of esque so, I, I know, can see that too because it's just a just that 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 dark twisted minds yeah exactly yeah. so we're both in the same same headspace as far as how it makes us feel the main point i took from this even as a teenager was mushrooms are a hell of a drug yeah oh mushrooms are <laughs> we, we when we were talking about that earlier we started fucking cracking up with some good stories of mushroom use yeah it, I, I learned all i needed to know about uh disinfectant for a dog's ear that <laughs> yeah i was i was man i was i was at a reggae festival and partaking and he was watching my dog while I was away and like texted me about you know the dog seems to be bothered by his ears and anything I can do with it and you know it's a common problem with bulldogs so I was like trying to like, tell him to get Apoquil if he wanted to get something over the counter um, it just or, came in rapid fire like, might not 10 even, different ways to spell it, Apoquil it, it might not even be uh, over the counter like you might even need a prescription for it so it makes even less sense of why I was telling you you needed it but um I just remember I kept like trying to figure out how to spell it, and apparently, I, I, in my trippiness, whatever, or tripping state, whatever you would call it, I kept thinking that the send button was clear button. I think, and he just I just texted him Apoquil a thousand times, texted uh, spelled completely different ways because it's like Apoquil, Apoquil, Apoquil. Like you start spelling the last half different, and then it's like Apoquil, Apoquil, Apoquil. Sound it out there, fellas. Yeah, Sound it out. so but I was sounding it out out loud while. <laughs> simultaneously trying to answer his text so that was a that was a good time cool story dude yeah all right let's go to uh ken kenniff skit which makes me laugh every time same (laughs) same (laughs) i think we both said this is the same line like as soon as we like talked about this one melt your ass you little cock boy yeah like that's just so like everybody was walking around talking like this yeah you just you'd roll up into like the lunchroom or whatever and just start talking to your boys yeah exactly hey guys can't kniff you want to get a hotel room with me (laughs) 
and that that skit leads into. But like, even if it wasn't like quoting him though, like people, like people would just talk. Just use the voice. Yes. Yeah. It's like uh, talking in Mr. Garrison's voice or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) No, not Mr. Garrison. Who's the principal? Okay. Oh, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Drugs are bad. Okay. Oh, Mr. Mackey. Mr. Mackey. Yeah. Mr. Mackey, you're supposed to be the South Park fan over here. I'm st- yeah. Well, All right. <laughs> we've been day drinking and yeah. This, such. this is the first episode we've done on beer, and it's turned into a train wreck. Right. Real it's, fast. it's getting derailed really good. <laughs> All right. Next track is "Come On Everybody." Uh, it sounds like an, another cartoony sound that you know it shouldn't be taken seriously. Yeah, this isn't one of my favorite songs on this album. No, nah, not mine either. Like the. There's a few weaker ones in the middle end-ish, in my opinion. Yeah. He has the one line that always cracks me up. He's like, I gave a girl herpes in exchange for syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 this one was just like he talked about Kurt. He referenced Kurt Cobain, which, you know, Kurt Cobain's Oh, my favorite color's red, like the bloodshed. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, when he talks about fuck Lauren, Lauren Hill, you know, butter tapes her kids would starve because she said some shit about... She can't stand her, white people. Yeah, she'd rather her kids starve than have white people buy her music yep. or some shit <laughs> so Eminem called her out on it good for him well next track is Rock Bottom um it always has that it has that somber guitar riff the um it sets the mood for the song which is you know it's it's about the struggle yeah and it it came off as you know this is the one that he probably wrote just you know after a shit day at work you know and just almost you know like you've had enough but you yeah. gotta keep going and it, it, that's my guess as far as where how this song was born yeah it's it, it's the song itself feels like rock bottom like to me the beat just always drew me in um i think it set the mood for the lyrics and like if, if you listen to it, there's just so many like different little moving parts and different little changes on like each repeat of it found very interesting well, let's move on to just don't give a fuck which is it's my top track of the album is it yeah yeah it, sound, it's, it sounds very carnival very carnival sound i always think you know that like screeching sound like um when you're trick-or-treating in the halloween decorations like sitting in the way it had like the you know that little mono speaker attached to it with the screams yeah yeah i remember those around the neighborhood that's what it that's the picture that gets painted in my head just by hearing that yeah sound yeah i just picture like the eerie carnival scene with like the killer like running through the thing and nobody sees a killer just running around yeah yeah. but his flow on this song is so sick like he just he just cuts through lines like butter yeah Oh, he's got some great ones in here, like Cursing at You Players Worse than Mar- Marty Schottenheimer. Uh-huh. Good old Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. Who, who is he? was Kansas City's coach, right? And then the Chiefs? I believe so. The Chiefs and the Chargers, I think. Maybe. That might have been it. Yeah. I, I remember the there's, like, talks about the Dirty Dozen, you know, like an early D12 reference, and I, I, you know, it was one of the times I didn't, you know, put it together until after... Oh, you didn't know that was his yeah, like original group. Yeah, this was like because this album was like the first time I'd ever heard of Eminem, so like, you know, I didn't really know anything about him, so I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, he's got there's great lines like "colder than snow season when it's twenty below freezing." Yeah, yeah. too many mental problems got me snor- snorting coke and smoking weed again. Like it's it gets up in your feels, you know, just being 
fed up. Yeah, and, it definitely. You know, you just get point, pushed to a limit at some point where you you really just don't give a fuck. It, it was another trendy one that was like cultural too, because something would happen and we'd just be like, "I just don't give a fuck." Yeah, like you yeah. just sit there and say, you know what I mean? Like, like well, why do you feel like that? Because I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, like it's just it was just one of those, you know, cultural one. Yeah. Yeah, the next uh, soap skit. Yeah, just another quick little. Yeah. I just put yeah. My notes like yeah, that's all it is. All right, it cool. Sa- it sounds like a scene right out of Days of Our Lives. Yeah, like, all right, that's or cool. as the world turns, which is the next track. So there, there you go. <laughs> it's another um, another cartoony, violent song. Yeah, which it's it's smooth and sleepy. Smooth and sleepy. Yeah. Oh yeah, the beat. Yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, there's like a. There's like a rape scene in the song, but it, it like like I said, cartoony. Go go gadget dick. Yeah, I, I have the Inspector Gadget reference uh, <laughs> in my note. I thought that was fucking great. Um, and he talks about the uh, Ramada Inn. I worked at a Ramada Inn in high school, and then uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. talking about, this is a beer beer episode. I said uh, I was rolling a blunt as 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 M said as He's I like, roll oh, yeah, this next I'll, blunt. Let's, I'll, let's kick it. Let come kick it with me, right? Yeah. I'm about to roll this blunt. <laughs> yeah, I was rolling my next blunt as he said, roll, roll the next blunt. <laughs> so that's all I got. <laughs> let's move on to I'm Shady then. All right. Uh, it's it's got that old school hip hop beat, like that. Yeah. You know, like the like the early '90s, like some rum. I'm Shady. Yeah. It's the hook always annoyed me on this song. Yeah, and I thought it was a great hook. I. I don't know. It's just annoying yeah, to me. I, I could see it. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not like shocked that that evaluation. Like, so different strokes for different folks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes catchy can be annoying, and so yeah. it's catchy. You know, it's like that's why catchy is such a fine line to walk when you're writing a song because it's like it's either gonna be catchy or cheesy, and you gotta like try to find that balance. Yeah. Work. So I feel it was catchy, and you said cheesy. Yeah. It, it that made it a skip song for me. Yeah. So we'll skip ahead to Bad Meets Evil. <laughs> Um, when the, we hit the trees, like when we look like Vietnamese people. <laughs> you did. Oh yeah, that's what I you did. did that. I did that right before this episode. Uh, the production of this song, it, you know, the beginning with the, you know, at the old saloon with the footsteps and all that. Like you can, you almost see it in your head, like the tumbleweeds blowing across the street. Yeah. Like it, a, a sandy day, and there's about to be the old showdown. To, I'd say to me, it feels like a like a Italian mob scene, but some sort of like you know showdown, like epic thing is 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 on is commencing you know like it's got that dramatic feel but um the i, I have the beat that makes makes you bounce because like we were sitting here listening to it, i just started like caught myself bouncing in my chair pretty hard i was like oh it's man that, it's that boom boom bap yeah it's that just boom, boom bap for sure you know it's the staple of 90s hip-hop and r&b yeah. for the most part and it, it makes my ears perk up every time yeah it definitely does but like him and royce they go back and forth um some great lines some great back and forth you know banter mm-hmm. uh, it, it's like a mixture between a western and sci-fi when he's talking about um, you know plugging plugging cords in the Royce's brains to get him to do shit yeah it's like um, like the Matrix or Star Wars okay cause I think he, he there's like a mini Star Wars reference where he's like I tried to get him to the dark side and he said you know Darth Vader and the dark side you know nothing about it, but that's all right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Last track of the album, still don't give a fuck. Like if just don't give a fuck wasn't enough, he, he still don't. He still doesn't, and that's how we're 
closing out the album. And he starts it very, very slow and serious. It's, like, he's it reflecting. Off, yeah, so it's a very yeah. different uh, tone and inflection in his voice. Yeah, for all the um, talk about we were saying, you know, like this wasn't meant to be taken seriously. Yeah. Um, his opening little monologue was him being serious for once. Yeah, that's 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 true, I, dude. And I thought though the way he came in, it was like an eerie beat with not much like you just had driving. The like there's you nothing had the wind like, blowing like, in the yeah, background. Yeah, like there's nothing like really driving to like really hold you on the the beat. So I just thought it was a really cool dynamic, like how he just had such a cool flow with like just kind of just eerie effects more than anything happening. Yeah, and then once he comes in, you know, zoning off of one joint, yeah, popping the limo, shopping the demo, yep. That shit's so good. And then that snare hits so hard. Yeah, And it's another boom, boom, bap. But the the bap hits you right in the chest. And and then it gets down on the boom, boom, baps. Yeah. The great line, you know, cut you so fast when your blood spilled, it was still blue. Yeah, definitely a good one. You know, I can't rap anymore. I just murdered the alphabet. Like, he just... He he, he did, though, on that album. It's a great way to close out the album. Yeah. It's like... It's definitely, it definitely it's a good leaves, finale. Good finale. Yeah, like after you're done listening to it, it leaves you wanting to listen to more. True that. Um, yeah, it, I travel with my disc man every day to school on the bus, and Slim Shady LP was in there. Yeah, and, it was it was in my disc man quite frequently as well. This and the Marshall Mathers. The Marshall Mathers is a good one too. Yeah, I don't even think we can do that on this. Because it was like 2000 that was released. I think so, you know. We might have to make an exception because there's some good albums in 2000 that I want to do. I say because half of my 2000 kind of feels like the 90s to me because I graduated high school in 2000. So yeah. Making myself, date, well, dating myself here about how old I am. I want to do Morning View and I think that was released in 2000. Oh, yeah, that's true too. I looked at it one day, I was like, oh man, I can't. We did do an Incubus one though. Yeah. Yeah. But Morning View is another great album. True. Uh, well, that wraps it up for the Slim Shady LP. It's a good one. It's definitely fair. It's dude. It's so high school to me, man. Like I can picture uh, the, the specific scene, like where I first heard um, my name is the fucking uh, Atlantic City High School in the band room. Like we had like music theory class, and uh, one of my boys brought it in. There was like this little like boombox. You know, so you're all just, just sitting around in the corner, yeah, like huddled just, together. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly how that shit went down. Just like, oh, all right, like. It's, yeah, cool. I remember like going over to my boy's house and he had like you walked in, there was the living room and then there was like a little back room that was like his computer room, video game room, and we were just sitting in there and he's like, You gotta listen to this album. Yeah, see it's it's funny because it's one that we both like picture the first like remember the first time we heard it because it was so different. Like it just stood yeah, out. It, it stood out so hard. I, I said at the beginning, I didn't know how like, you know, how big this would become. And yeah. the the career that it launched this album you know Eminem obviously he had his substance abuse problems and legal problems and all that but he's still making music and he's still you know he's not as a prominent figure as he was but he's yeah you know, he's he, he, pe- he peaked a long time ago but you know like I, I don't know he lost me over the years um, but the early stuff man I'll still get down with it he was he was good yeah alright well let's go on to uh, our Billboard Hot 100 Oh, yeah, I want to click into this, all right. Yeah, you're going to love it. So we're doing the week. Oh, man, look at number one. (laughs) We're doing the week of May 8th, 1999. Living La Vida Loca. Number one, Living La Vida Loca. No scrubs. Oh, man. 
You got Kiss Me by Sixpence Under Rich. Dude, that song was everywhere. That's a jam right there. Yeah, the fucking bass line is sick. The top 10 is pretty solid. Like, Sugar Ray, every morning. This song was was everywhere. What's that? Uh, Sugar Ray. Oh, I thought you were pointing at something else. No, like, every every time you go somewhere, like, it was just, like, always playing. (laughs) Then you go into, like, the top from 11 to 20. You get Everlast, What It's Like. Oh, dude, we, we, we skipped over, like, fucking Busta Rhymes and Goo Goo Dolls. Like, how 90s is that? Slide. Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls fucking slide. That was my first, one of my first dance at the wedding was to a Goo Goo Dolls song. Really? Yeah. Dude, Lenny Kravitz. <sighs> Fly number, Away. Number 18. This is what, th- oh, that wrecked man. me. man. Yeah, that definitely. Britney Spears, Baby One More Time. Man, oh, man. That began my lifelong crush of Britney Spears. Yes, for sure. Number 14, What It's Like, Ever Eric Everlast. I already said that. You, oh, did you? I missed Yeah, it. you shut me down. You're like, we're not even in the top 10. We're not oh, even in the top I'm sorry. 10 I was, I was, yeah, I'll say I was still behind you. Because, <laughs> dude, this one's so loaded, like you said, though. You know, like, it's fucking... This is loaded. We got 22 and 23 are Backstreet Boys songs. Yeah, I was just going to say that. That's fucking fun. I want it that way. Man, oh, man, that song was around forever. I want it that way, yeah. Matchbox Twenty, Back to Good. That one, that one wasn't as big, I think, as some of the others. I don't, really, I don't remember. I, if I heard it, I probably remember it. But yeah, get it back. Hey, look, too good. We might have to use this as a one-hit wonder one Fucking time. Fucking save tonight. Yeah, save tonight. Eagle Eye Cherry. I, I do that. I play that song all the time. Like I open like so many bar sets. Like it's just such a, it's such a cool song to open with. Like it's mellow. People like generally know it and be like they forget that they know it. Yeah, oh, it's one of those songs as soon as you hear it. But it's a good warm-up, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, it's a nice warm-up because it builds. It's like, it builds in nicely. It's a good opener. Look at you. You pick your set list for everything. I do. You know, but that's, like I said, it's a very common opener. If you ever see me play at a bar. Oh, yeah, Brandy. Fatboy Slim. Joey McIntyre. <laughs> and they, oh, Jay-Z. Can I get a what, what? Oh, yeah, Jay-Z's on there. Uh, here's another one-hit wonder, I think. Fatboy Slim. Oh yeah, that's crazy. You see, now you're behind me. I already said that. Oh, you see, you skipped over. Yeah. Good job. I'm just kind of like flying Skimmy. now. Like, yeah, I see Cheryl Crow and Jewel and CeeLo and Jojo or was... uh, Casey and Jojo. Like, Would this be about the time you saw Jewel on Conan O'Brien? Um, no, I think it, no, I think yeah, it was later. right. I'm pretty sure it was right after high school. I think that was like 2000 and something when she came out with that Intuition song. Nas. I feel like it was right after this. Yeah, Nas at 62. Hate me now. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Puff Daddy. Yeah. Black Street. In Sync. This is a good list. Yeah, there's definitely... A fucking Creed. Creed. And then the Offspring. Offspring, right? I know. Collective Soul. Lit. Oh, Lit. shit. That's, a, that's a solid four. Yeah, look 75, at 76, 77. More, more Jay-Z. Jigga what? Jigga who? Ja Rule. Whitney Houston. She done smoked her knees off. Dave Matthews Band, Crush. Check that out. Look at that. That's a good one. I love the More DMD. Collective Soul. Check that out with a couple. Got on the there. Rough Riders anthem. Oh, yeah. DMX. Can't forget that. And then a couple just there at the last few spots. Man, that was a good list, though. Dude, you, every time you see these, you're like, I forgot about that song. I Dude, there's so much fun. I love the fucking <laughs> Hot 100. So you picked the one hit wonder yes. that we're gonna do oh, this week. God, this is my fucking jam. So you you go ahead and introduce it. All right. So this week's fucking one hit wonder is uh, "In the Meantime" by Space Hog. 
Um, th- dude, this song just fucks so hard. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I just literally feel like a kid in the 90s, like when this song just comes it, on and it goes parts apart the way it's just, it's fucking It brilliant. is like the the epitome of like 90s pop rock it really it, is you know. like the bang yeah. like, like the fucking bendy guitar and then like coming out of the the fucking bridge which is absolutely sick it's just got the big sustain guitar <laughs> <laughs> fucking guitars are just so it's epic got that they're ob- so obligatory they're, yeah like they're cheesy so be- 90s guitar solo they're just so over the top like <laughs> Dramatic, like you know what I mean. Like it's just so '90s, everything about it. And there's some weird-looking dudes. Like if you ever see them, they're like a three-piece. Um, well, I, I don't know much about them, but I'm gonna guess. Just play some Rickenbacker bass. I, I'm guessing they're they're from Europe. Just Probably. because, like, I was telling you earlier, that, maybe like, like Australian or something. But know. you know, remember I was telling you earlier about the that like continuous sound in the song. The yeah, that's like um. It's a ringtone, like when you call somebody in Europe. Is it? Yeah. You're going to look it up? <laughs> You're typing away over there. I'm going with, like, Great Britain. United Kingdom, whatever it's called now. Uh, an English rock band formed in New English. York. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, definitely English. So they were formed in New York? Yeah. Yeah, so they probably had a lot of that, um, that like, alt-rock which is big in New York City. It says they're influenced by David Bowie and Queen. Okay. So it's got like an indie feel to it. Yeah, but that this oh man, I don't, I, I can't t- I can't name one single other song by these guys, but this song is fucking fantastic. No, they probably every single good idea they had, they bundled up into one song. Probably they blew their load and, and couldn't ever <laughs> it's But it, it is it is a one it is one good fucking song though. It's like cheesy I still, in all the right ways though. Yes, yes. You know, like it just it just tickles me right, man. Like and until to this day when I hear the song, I get like when you, when we listened to it before, like you were geeking out hard. Dude, I was jamming, I was straight fucking <laughs> jamming to this shit. Like, it's such a good song. <laughs> Alright, well that wraps it up for today. Let's see what we just thanks for listening. Um, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Unapologetically 90s. And uh, you can shoot us an email if you want to, unapologetically90s at gmail.com. But in the next episode, we'll be doing 311's self-titled album. So uh, stick around and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.